What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, a podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. How are you doing this week, James? Yeah, good, man. Good. Good, good. You had yourself a game of Nemesis last night, didn't I you? I did have a game of Nemesis last oh, night. With a newbie. How did that go? With a newbie. Yeah, um, he didn't die. <laughs> you didn't teach him right. <laughs> that didn't go very well at all, then, if the newbie didn't die. The real question is, did they enjoy it? They did enjoy it. Good, it's good. I mean, was that, do you know if that was their first introduction to like modern board gaming or was it just the theme that they liked? I think it was just the theme and the miniatures. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a 40k player. Of course he likes miniatures. Indeed. We've been playing a little bit of Dice Hospital recently and uh, what spurred this on, obviously, is the fact that I am expecting an imminent delivery of the sequel to this game, which is Dice Theme Park. And I wanted to refresh my memory of just how this game plays, because apparently this new game is very, very similar with a bit more complexity to it. And I wanted to introduce you to Dice Hospital, James. So, I mean, don't give anything away, but how did you find the game overall? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. And I've got to say, I I was looking forward to this one when you announced it, because I was always a fan of the computerized versions of this game of course, shall we say yeah. you know your theme hospital, theme hospital your, yeah. uh, two point hospital project hospital mm-hmm. always used to love those computer games so i was like yeah th- th- this game is yeah. should be right up my street nice nice and uh how do you feel the theme will compare when we when we eventually get dice theme park because i think i can safely say that one. both of us are more into our theme parks than we are hospitals yeah it's an interesting one i mean obviously we're going to go into how the dice actually work in this i'm interested to see how they translate that over to theme park guests yeah i've got a rough idea of how it works but i'm not going to be talking about it in this episode because uh that'll be interesting for when we do the episode on dice theme park so yeah. spoiler alert you are going to get an episode of dice theme park once we've got it and we've played it at the very least i can guarantee i'm going to get a game at expo because uh, it is being released there and if i haven't got my copy by then i will be playing it there somehow some way but anyway shall we jump into this week's episode and talk about dice hospital let's do it Okay, so Dice Hospital. Well, basically, we are talking about drafting. We're talking about dice manipulation, and we are talking about worker placement as the offer on the table today. Dice Hospital is a, as I've just said, worker placement game released by Alley Cat Games in 2018. It is for one to four players age 10 and up with a playtime of approximately 45 to 90 minutes. In the game, players must treat as many dice patients as possible by using their hospital staff and various wards to treat patients in their personal hospital. Hospitals may also be upgraded during the game or even hire in specialist doctors to help you on your journey to becoming the best hospital in town. That's a rough idea of the objective of the game, but what comes in the box, James, when they buy dice hospital okay so in the box you get four starting hospital boards each of which depict nine hospital departments and four wards 24 department tiles 24 specialist cards five ambulance cards numbered one to five four player reference cards eight hospital administrator cards 63 six-sided dice in three colors uh one opaque bag for the dice 41 meeples one scoreboard slash round tracker uh one round marker Eight score markers, one first player token, 16 blood bag tokens, 14 fatality tokens, 15 event cards, 
and 15 medical report cards. Very, very nice. Nice long list of components there. And I think the one that I'm most used to hearing and seeing on my board is the uh, the mortuary yeah, tokens. The, 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 mor- the fatality <laughs> the tokens. Fatality tokens. <laughs> yes, yes. F- oh. I mean... They don't. They're not as bad as they sound. I guess they're 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 just minus points at the end of the game. But yes, yeah, you don't Ig- want them. Ignoring the theme of the game, it's like no, no, Jason, those are dead people. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to build an unethical hospital, you're going to end up with that. But yes, let's talk about the components that come in this game, James, because I've got a few things to say about it. Now, I will start this off by let's talk about the price of this game. It is. RRP value is around $50 slash £40-ish. At the time of recording, I was having a look earlier. You can pick this game up for it in the region of 30 to 40 from the retailers. So straight off the bat, what do you say about the price? Is it a, a good cheap game, medium game, or, or is it a bit too expensive? Um, for what you get in the box, I would say it's a good medium-sized game. I'm the full RRP might be a little bit much for it, but the price the retailers are giving you with the the slight discount, I would say it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Price-wise, it's, it's not a super expensive game. It's not a particularly cheap game, but it's also, you know, it's not going to break the bank. So components in this game. I'm going to let you go first because, like I said, I'm quite opinionated on components, as I've been told. Yep. So what's your opinions for everything that comes to the box? What's the art styling? What's the quality like? Okay, so I like the art, art styling. The hospital starting boards, the room uh, room tiles, uh, and the scoreboard are all punch board, mm-hmm. and I would, they're pretty sturdy. There's, I can't yep. really say anything about those. Yep, yep. My criticism would come from the meeples. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm holding two that I can see right here. Now, one is perfectly fine a nurse with a syringe and a bottle of some kind yeah i mean on on those grounds i will give them their credit these are meeples like i've never seen before they are very complex meeples yeah but i'm looking at i've got i'm holding two in front of me and one of them is perfectly fine the other one looks like it's been rubbed up against the side of a cheese grater <laughs> yeah it's um it's quite badly misformed yeah, shall we say I mean, yeah i mean this this is going to be sort of the first thing i was going to bring up is i think the while everything in here is lovely quality like the, the meeples aren't they feel good they are like as i said very very unique they're a very complex uh design however the execution is not that great. The quality control, I think, on this game is pretty yeah. poor. See, because I would say that is whatever they've used to actually cut the shape of the meeple is absolutely fine. It's not the shape. It's, mm. it's not misformed in that way. What I mean is it looks like it got literally someone rubbed it up against the size of yeah, a cheese grater yeah. once it was cut. It's it's the actual yeah. the face of it that's damaged, not yeah. the not the um the actual design the, the outline is, yeah the outline is the actual fa- you know the, the the face side of it and you know there's it's not just one you know there, there's quite a few in here that are either misshapen or, or are suffering from that some of them are not so severe like the one i'm currently holding the the syringe outline half of it is perfect the other half isn't the one that james was holding it literally like if you can imagine taking a a, a human and cheese grating them Yes. You know, from face head first. to toe, face first, and, you know, it just eventually eats into the body. That's what this one looks like. Yeah. And there's little niggles here and there. Some of their feet aren't right. Some of them uh, look like they're wearing elf shoes, you know. So it's very, very hit and miss as to what these issues are. But the point is, is that, that it is there. 
and it's our job to you know tell you that 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 is an issue but as for everything else in the game the as james said the punch ball quality is good the artwork is really good i love the artwork in fact the fact that you've got like a picture of a ward for example and then there's there's at least one single die in every single one of these wards on the beds on you know in in an mri machine all that kind of stuff. It's really, really cool. It's simple mm. artwork, but it's very, very cool. I mean, I suppose we should, uh, a quick honourable mention to the Dice, mm-hmm. as it's called, Dice Hospital. Um, and yes, they're perfectly fine. D- yes, they're D6- functional. Yeah, D6s. Uh, they obviously come in green, yellow, and red. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just honourable mention there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're there. They're pretty functional. They're, they're not exact. They're nothing to shout home about, really, but they're also not bad quality. Um, one other thing I did want to draw attention to is actually the scoreboard. Now, the board itself, absolutely fantastic. No problems with that whatsoever. The problem with it is it also incorporates the, t- the round tracker on it. Now, the game has eight rounds, and the round tracker is printed onto there, and then you have a separate token which goes over the top of it but doesn't connect to the board i have a problem with this because there are in fact i'm gonna i'm just gonna say it's been a problem in every single game that i have played of this because it literally just sits on top and the slightest knock of the table and it falls off yeah and to me this is inexcusable because all it takes it's 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 a circle that Mm -hmm. goes from one to eight and then another circle that goes that's got a cutout in it that you twist around. Why could there not have just been a little pin that goes through the yep, middle? Yeah. Anyone who has played X-Wing will know exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. This thing is a movement dial. Yep. It's it's just a movement dial. A little plastic pin that go, goes yep. through the boards. Is all it it's needs. It's not uncommon in board games either. There's yep. plenty of games that do it. It needs... It's not even a... I, I recommend this. This game needs that. It should have had it. I don't understand why it didn't. Yeah. It's missing one tiny plastic pin and a hole put through the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. So that is a huge, huge thing that I think they missed a trick on with the designing of this game. You know, does it really change the the way the game plays? Not really, other than the fact of, like I said, when it gets knocked, which it almost does every time someone gets points. Yeah, and then you have the, and then oh, you have what, the argument. What, oh, what, what, what round were we on? Yeah, exactly. And it does cause arguments. I, I have a terrible memory, so I very rarely remember what round we're on and it's quite a small circle as well that's the other thing it's not clear as to what round it's on and it's also really hard to remember to turn it because it's so small and insignificant on that board but you know these are little niggles but uh, I just wanted to bring it up because that is something I, I do feel yeah. was a big trick that was missed. Yeah, the fact that it's not attached to the board with a small pin is yeah, it's just mind mind blowing as to why it's not. Um, there is obviously cardstock in this game as well. It's standardised cardstock. There's nothing really I can bring up about that. Standard size cards, and there's some like X-wing size cards for the ambulances as well. But other than that, not too bad. Not too bad on the quality should we talk about the gameplay James? let's talk about the actual gameplay yeah for you how was the gameplay was it again was it fun I, I i did enjoy playing this game i do like the mechanics of it It it's another one of those where it might look at a tad daunting from the outside but once you get to grips with it and it doesn't take long yeah you, 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 it's simple yeah so obviously the first thing that you're going to be doing as you know after the refresh phase or in the first round for example there are ambulances in the center of the table each of those ambulances holds three die and there will be one ambulance 
more than the amount of players that you have. First player is randomly determined at the start of the game. They get to pick an ambulance that isn't number one because that would immediately mean they get to keep the first player marker. But also it makes a difference in the next phase of the game because whoever takes the lowest number ambulance becomes the first player and will get first dibs on the hospital upgrades. But before we get to that, the way the ambulances are done, because this is the drafting part of the game. When the dice are taken out of the bag in the refresh phase or at the beginning of the game, you take out enough to fill all those ambulances, then you roll them. You have to re-roll any ones and sixes because ones mean the patient is about to die and sixes means that they might as well be healthy. So your numbers always have to be between two and five when they go onto the ambulances. And then all of the lowest numbers start from the left-hand side. So ambulance number one and the highest numbers end up on the highest number ambulance. So yes, you can take that high number ambulance because you've got the most healthy patients, but you're immediately sacrificing being able to go first. Yeah. Or, or even you're going to be going last for the upgrades. Yeah. So, so everyone's going to take, take this, the cherry pick the ones that they want and you'll be left with whatever's left conversely if you're not already the first player you can risk taking ambulance number one which is full of critical patients that mm -hmm. are on death's door and quite difficult to keep alive yeah but you're going to get first pick at all the upgrades yeah and you also become the first player which means you are also given a blood bag. Now, let, we'll talk about the blood bags in though we've mentioned them blood bags in this game i actually thought was a really cool idea because they can play to a lot of people's strategies. So a blood bag, if you don't use them throughout the game, they're worth one point at the end of the game, which is big in this game, especially if you've got quite a few of them. Mm. If you do want to use them, they are good to uh, heal a random dice by one. So that will help if you've filled your whole hospital and you've still got some untreated patients that you don't want to neglect. You can spend a blood bag and bump their dice up by one. And the other thing you can do is it can be used to change a dice color, which is really good with regards to some of the certain objectives that you get, because you also have uh, hospital administrators, which give you bonuses in that game. Yep. So, for example, one of them I know off the top of my head is if you cure two yellow dice in the same round, you get an additional victory point. Say, for example... In this round, you've managed to cure a yellow and a red. If you have a blood bag, you can spend that blood bag and go, that red dice is now yellow. I've just guaranteed at least one victory point. So that's where they come in and they can be used multiple different ways. How do you think that worked? I, I like the fact that those blood bags do various things because like you said it's like it plays to almost everyone's strategy mm. you can hoard them for extra points at the end of the game they can and this is usually what happens to me save a patient that you've gone <laughs> oh damn it i forgot about you and you're about to die so now you're not yeah exactly <laughs> so they are perfect to have in reserve so that if you have got that person who's about to die uh, blood bag i've saved them for a round you know i've got another round to try and cure that person or at least make them feel a little bit better. So that is the drafting side of things. Once you've drafted your ambulances, you all have ambulances with numbers on it. That is the order that you're going to be going in for your hospital upgrades. Now, this is where the game starts to get interesting and the strategies really 
start to come out because all of these wards and upgrades that you can buy are very, very different. Very different indeed. And we can go through a couple of them if you want, James, just to talk about a few. Yep. Yeah? Cool. So before we do go through some of the upgrades that you can get, I think we should go through what's on our actual player boards to give you a rough idea of how good and easy it is to just run a game on a baseboard. Yeah. And show you just how powerful some of these upgrades really are. So from the top left, you've got the pharmacy, which is if you place a nurse meeple, you get to heal one green dice by one point. Go to the right of that is the critical care. It's exactly the same, but for a red die. Underneath that, you've got the oncology, which is exactly the same for a yellow die. Then you've got three other wards of which you can do. One of them is play a nurse to this one, and you can up a die that's already a five and a six. The next one's the same, but one and two. And then the final one is three and four. Each of those can only be done once per turn with one nurse, which is why these upgrade tiles are here, James, because yes. it's far too easy, especially late game when your wards start getting busy with dice because you can only hold 12 dice at any one time if you go over that you start killing patients so upgraded tiles let's talk about them because you're going to be buying them in this game indeed would you like to pick a few random ones to talk about so a triage center if you put a nurse in one of these you can up two dice between one and three by two points that's pretty good. So that that's a really good one, actually. Yeah, because again, if you've got one that's on one point and they are going to uh, die this turn, you're going to use one nurse and you're going to save up to two of those dies. Yeah, and they're going to go straight up to three. If they're already on three, they're going to go up to five. Exactly. So that's pretty good. I know that there's other ones in there which are like play one nurse and you can do three die of the same equal value. So yep. if you've got... There's one right there. Okay, there you go. Yep. So the one James is holding is the uh, for the yellow die, which is if you've got three yellow die of equal value, you play one nurse onto that square and you can immediately up all three of them dies by one. There's a few. I think there's one of those for each color of die as well. So that, that that's pretty good. So one of the ones that I know that's in there, James, and this is probably my favorite one, especially if I can get one for each color of the dies, which is you can play one nurse to that square and upgrade a single die by three. So if you've got a die that's on number four and you upgrade that die, that's an immediate cure, immediate victory points at the end of the round. But that is not the only upgrades that are in this game. And I think it could be argued that the more powerful upgrades in this game are actually the specialists yep. that you can get in this game. Would you like to pick a couple of your favourites out, James? Uh, okay, so one that I usually like to go for is, if it comes out, is the general practitioner. Mm-hmm. The, bl- the blue ones. I'm going to say that the blue ones are usually filth. Yes. Because yes. <clears throat> I upgrade any die by one and upgrade a four to six by one. Nice. That's quite a good one. That's, That's a really good, good one if you've got quite, uh, a few... What I call bed blockers, people, <laughs> the dice that are on sort of fives and sixes, and you can't shift them out the door. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, you've got the triage nurse, which is upgrade any dice by one, and then two dice that are between one and three by one. Again, so that's a a, a saver nurse, basically. Yep. Yeah, she's going around and and saving all of the the patients from death's door, while also giving little Jimmy some cowpole. Yep. And. <laughs> uh, uh, the paramedic upgraded dice by one and then a one to three can go up by two very very nice and what should be noted about these is the these special meeples they can be used that you know they don't have to go into their designated their co- colored areas. no they can go into any they can operate yep. any room 
So you chain the specialists with some of those room upgrades. Yeah, so there there is an element of... I, I mean, I hasten to say engine building because it's not really an engine builder, but there are chains that you can get yeah. going in this game and they become quite filthy if you get the right rooms with the right specialists as well. Yeah, like um, that, that general practitioner, you put him in one of those colored rooms you were talking about mm-hmm. that bumps a dice up by three. Yep. You put your put one of your critical dice in there, immediately bump it up by three, it's probably then gone to four to six. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's almost a guaranteed uh, heal, isn't it, really? Yeah. Or possibly, with the right one, it's a guaranteed two heals. Mm. You know, with the right dice and, and, and all of that. So there's a lot of luck in this game, but there is also a lot of strategy. Now, it's not something you usually get to say in a dice game, because dice games usually mean luck galore. Yep. But really, the dice are, are they are the patience. Then you're not rolling them to make decisions. You're no, rolling no. them to see how healthy they are yeah, when they come you're in. You're rolling them to see how boned you are as they come <laughs> through the front door. It's like, oh, you've been shot. <laughs> oh, well, you've, you've got just a got you've just got a tickly cough. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, we're making jokes of, of stuff like this. Now, that's one thing I would actually say really with regards to the theme of this game there are times in this game where you have to make a strategic decision that gets you more victory points at the cost of knowing that you have killed a patient now they're dice Mm. yeah we're not actually killing people here however you know maybe if you're a bit i don't know sensitive to that kind of subject maybe this game isn't for you you know, if if you are going to get really upset or whatever by having to make those kind of decisions and if it's going to bring back horrible memories or whatever. Yeah, I think that's a, you always run that risk with hospital-themed games. I, I would very much say, despite the fact that they have actually named departments properly, mm-hmm. they have actual medical things, very much treat this game like like a theme hospital type yeah, yeah. type game it's cartoony like you said the patients are dice yeah it, it's not to be taken super seriously yeah yeah they, they are making light of a let's be honest a very serious situation especially here in the uk the hospitals are always full to the brim struggling to keep up and get patients through you know making them better and then releasing them in time for the next load to come in and yeah it is there is a, a management side to this game because like I said, you can only ever have twelve dice in your wards at any one time. And if you then have to take an intake, which you have to do every single turn, if you cannot house them, you start killing patients. Dice. Yeah. Which again, I quite like that. I do quite like that. And would you say it's quite difficult to actually do that? I mean, I know I, I mean I will say at this point. I'm pretty good at maintaining my hospital. I think I've only ever killed maybe two or three dice in the entirety that, of me playing. <clears throat> I'd say that's where the luck element comes into it. Yeah, I wasn't kidding earlier when I said I, I think it was the last game we played. I ended up with the dice that I, I affectionately label bed blockers mm. where I could keep people from dying. Yeah. Get them into the sort of four, five or six range, but I couldn't push them out the yeah, door fast enough. You couldn't finish the job. Yeah, I couldn't push them out the door fast enough. So it's like, okay, so I've stabilized them, but I can't finish the treatment and therefore push them out. So they are taking up space in my wards. Of course. And the further the game goes on, I'm now looking at my wards going, my hospital is filling up with these bed blocking dice. Yeah. And eventually I'm going to come to the point where it's like, 
I'm not going to be able to do my yeah. intake. So yeah. see, at this point, this is where I would say that I think there is an element of opportunity in those upgraded tiles in the sense of I think that there should be some tiles to upgrade your ward. So maybe add another ward. Yeah. So, oh, that happens to be on there. I'm working it out. I physically can't cure anyone. I don't want to kill anyone and lose points. So I'll sacrifice my upgrade this turn yeah. in order to take I need more beds. another ward. I need more beds. Yeah. Get more beds, more storage for your dice. The downside to that being, I'm not really sure whether it would work on a balance issue because then if they came out really early, you could deliberately fill them knowing that later on in the game you could maybe cure as many as you possibly could and get even more points because obviously the more you cure per turn, yep. the more points you're going to get in those turns. Yep. I, I do feel that the have, only having the four wards and 12 dice, that, that is to keep it balanced. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, potentially something for, for an expansion in the future, I don't know, but I would like to have seen maybe an additional... Like in Meeple Land, for example, you can buy an additional entrance, yep. but it's one per person. Same with this game, one extra ward, and you sacrifice any upgrades that turn in order to get that. So who knows? That that could be something, but yeah. So there's one more phase we need to talk about, Jason, and oh. that is the neglect phase. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, once you have done your hospital upgrades and you have cured as many people as you possibly can anybody that you have or oh, sorry any dice that you have not cured or seen or seen in that round is classed as neglected and you bump them down by one it's nothing too bad but obviously if they are on number one and you have to bump them down that Maybe. is the point where they head all the way down to the left hand side of the board to the mortuary and become nothing more than a token which at the end of the game you lose two points for i don't think that that is quite enough of a penalty. Two points is is not a, a huge deal in this game. There's been quite a few times I've gone, well, if I kill these people, it's only it's only a couple of points. Yeah, whereas if it was maybe five points, it'd be like, oh, oh, I don't know. Actually, that's quite a lot. So maybe a slightly higher pointage loss for 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 killing people. You know, after you've done your neglect it's then time to do the fun thing of scoring your points for however many that you have cured that round as i say we won't go through that because it is a different value for different amounts of dice plus your bonuses that you get from your administrators and all that kind of stuff and then it's reset everything and go again as we said eight rounds person with the most points at the end of those eight rounds wins it's a very very simple game really once you get to know it it's got a lot of interesting mechanics with the drafting and and also the dice manipulation and, and all of that kind of stuff there's one thing i would like to talk about with the mechanics that i'm in agreement with but not in agreement with and that is the asymmetric play of the game when you are placing your your nurses about your hospital it does lend itself to cheating so again we're uh, another one of these games where we're talking about play this with the right people what what, what do you think so i mean i can't say that we've ever struggled with someone cheating no uh, i mean it's all games like that where it's like all right everyone has to do this and play worker placement in general suffers that because mm. otherwise it just drags the playtime up yeah. if everyone has to do it individually so that everyone else can watch what they're doing you know this game would be twice as long yeah and at 45 to 90 minutes would you say that's a, an accurate 
time scale for this game. Yeah, I will. I'd say that you're possibly quicker once yeah. you've picked the rules up. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the 45 minutes you're you're talking one or two players. 90 minutes is yeah. is is four players. I, I I'd actually like to also mention the fact that I like the organic nature of the board. Mm. The, so the starting is it's all made up of hexes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, starting board is in a, a four five four configuration. And then it's individual hexes for the upgraded rooms so they can, the just your slot player board will just slot into place and yep. grow however you want it to grow. Yep. Yeah. And it, it works nicely. It's not a table hog of a game. No. Nope. It's quite a, you can play this on quite a small table. Obviously, the bigger your board gets, you want to make sure you've got enough space for that. I'd actually say there's more space taken up when you buy so, well, or when you upgrade to so many specialists. Yes. Because obviously, you have to keep the cards showing with the meeples on them so that you know what each of those meeples do when it comes to your, your playing space. But uh, yeah, I, I gameplay wise, I, I find it really fun. Yeah, it, it is good. I think this is definitely where the game claws back some of those points that I would be knocking off for the, for the, the questionable quality, but uh, gameplay definitely makes up for some of that. Yeah. So yeah. What are your final thoughts on this game, James? Who, uh, who would you recommend it for? Would you continue playing this or is this a game that's like, nope, I've played it. I'm kind of done with it. Looking forward to the next game. Um, So final thoughts is it is a good, fun little game. Uh, I would recommend this for maybe Newbie Plus because simply because you've got the the drafting, the dice manipulation and worker placement in one game. It's like Mm. you might want to try a couple of simpler ones first if you're brand new to the to the hobby. Yeah. But other than that, it is a fun little game. I would play it semi regularly if someone was breaking it out and said, hey, do you fancy fancy jumping in? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll jump in on it. It's a fun little 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, the game has been in my game bag a fair few times. I've played it quite a lot. It's not one of my go-to games, I don't think. It is not quite medium weight, but I would agree with you. I cannot say that I would introduce this to someone who's not played a modern board game. This is not a gateway game. Yeah, It's Get- somewhere between gateway plus and lightweight. There's just a little bit too much going on to teach someone who's not played that kind of game. So I really do like all the little mechanics. The theme is pretty cool. I really do like that theme. I do have to admit, I think Dice Theme Park is going to play to me a bit more. So I would be interested to see if this game stays in my collection once that has delivered and I've played it. Which one is going to be played more? Who knows? But uh, yeah, it's not a bad game. It's a good fun game. I'd like to have seen a higher player count for this because I can't see why you couldn't have a six player game and just have two extra boards. Yeah. some extra tiles that kind of thing but you know they, they've done what they've done i know there are expansions for this we are talking about the base game only um there is a dis- deluxe version of this as well it gives you little 3d ambulances and and stuff like that but that tells you how i view this game like i haven't 3d printed my own upgrades to the game i i genuinely think the quality is good what it for what it needs to be and for the price it's it's not too bad so Meeple rating, James, what do you think? I'm going to give this one a solid seven, Jason. Okay, solid seven. Nice. That's a pretty... It's, a, it's above average, isn't it? It's, yeah. It is above average. So, obviously, five is a, is an average game. Ten is exceptional. Yeah. Anything less than five is probably never going to be played again by us, let's be honest. But, uh, yeah, for me, I'm going slightly lower 
on this one. I'm actually going for a 6.5 on this one. It was a 6, but I felt I was being a bit too harsh. So I bumped it to 6.5 because I do enjoy it. It's fun. What about you guys out there? Have any of you played Dice Hospital? I'd imagine, being that we're nearly five years since this came out, that most of you have. What are your opinions on it? Let us know on any of our social media platforms links to those will be in the podcast description but short of that shall we hand over to the newsman to find out what uh what we're going to be spending my money on this week james indeed let's do it right brian are we ready well my bag's packed but after last year we need to check that you've got everything right where's your list you made cool hang on I know we're only away at UKGE for four days, but you're going to need more than one pair of pants, young man. Where's your sleeping bag? No, we're not paying for a separate room for you. You're sleeping in the drawer again, just like you do in the shed. Well, if you're lucky, we get an airport view from the hotel again, and you can watch the planes taking off. Cuddly toy. Nightlight. Think we're sorted for now. Just leaves one thing really. Let's tell these lovely people this week's news and we can start getting really excited. I know it's too late for me too. UKGE. Right, push the button. See, that's why you need extra pants. Now go and change right after you push the button. Czech Games Edition, the publisher behind such modern classics as Codenames and Lost Ruins of Arnak, has its sights on a pretty familiar vibe and has announced it's boldly going where no board game has gone before in its upcoming board game, Starship Captains. Welcome aboard and congratulations on the promotion. Your new Starship is ready to embark on its first big voyage. Just scrape off some of the rust and she'll do fine. And that crew might look a little green around the edges, but they're your crew now. Make us proud. The stars are calling and adventure awaits. A space-themed board game with thematic similarities to our beloved science fiction television series, Star Trek. Particularly its focus upon the wonders of space exploration. Starship Captains will support two to four players in a tabletop title about adventures in the galaxy. In the game, each player becomes a captain of their own spaceship and must travel across the stars in search of answers. As the leader of a team of cadets, ensigns, androids and officers, players will need to manage their crew members and make the most of their various skills and unique abilities. With each new mission players take on, they'll have additional tasks to do, which they'll need to apply to their in-game engine not a literal engine, but a combo system that they build throughout the game, in order to successfully complete every mission. Finishing missions will enable players to then upgrade their respective ships with powerful alien technology, thereby allowing them to take on more ambitious tasks. Players will also be able to earn medals that they can use to promote and train their crew, thus making them even better at their jobs. What will you do with this enhanced crew and ship? Explore an ever-shifting galaxy full of dangerous pirates and interplanetary missions in order to boost your reputation with three distinct galactic factions for bountiful rewards. Whichever player becomes the most celebrated starship captain will win the game. 
Starship Captains was created by Peter B. Hofgard, with this being the designer's debut title. And just in case anyone was still wondering, there's absolutely no denying where a lot of the game's thematic influences are drawn from. Peter commented, I am a big Star Trek fan. I never wanted to make a Star Trek game as such, but I wanted to make a Star Trek inspired game. Growing up a huge sci-fi fan in the 1990s, Star Trek The Next Generation in particular is his favourite go-to TV series of the storied franchise. The Next Generation has the very idealistic and bright view of the future of mankind in general, he adds, noting it was very important to find ways to incorporate this theme and also celebrate diversity among the game's characters. The message in Starship Captains is that it isn't all about material possessions. You won't find any monetary resources or currency in the game, which is intentional. Instead, the game's lens and mechanics revolve around the captains, their crew, and the relationships within the game's distinct intergalactic factions. Peter followed up, saying, It is a very important thing for me to have the theme and setting of the game convey that we all, as humankind, can stand together and be better than we are if we see beyond gender, religion, and economy. That's why I fell in love with Star Trek, and that's also why I want to try and convey in this game. Starship Captains is available for a demo at UK Games Expo this weekend. Hall 2, stand for 20, and is set to be released during the German Essenspiel convention in early October 6th to the 9th, with a retail price penciled in at £50 or $60. Toy company WizKids is reportedly producing a set of five painted miniatures that will be included in the upcoming Dungeons & Dragons 5e starter set, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. The five models bear a striking, but apparently not canon, resemblance to the characters of the classic 1980s cartoon series based on the tabletop RPG. As reported by ICV2, Wizkids will publish the miniatures as icons of the realm, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. Using the imprint for figures tied directly to sourcebooks and adventure published by D&D's parent company, Wizards of the Coast. This new line is slated for release in September this year. Four of the five models, previewed in an image gallery, share a lot of physical features and dress with the core cast of the 1980s Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, which starred a cast of young children adventuring in a bright world of high fantasy. They all represented classes in the concurrent version of D&D, or ones that would soon be released in supplements. Cavalier, or Paladin, Fighter, Thief, Wizard, Acrobat, or Rogue, and Barbarian, and endeavoured against the Dungeon Master's evil son, Vengar. Though it lasted only 27 episodes and ended on a cliffhanger, the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon has become something of a pop culture oddity and fun source of callbacks for fans in the know, including Wizards of the Coast itself. Magic the Gathering created a secret lair series of alternate cards featuring scenes, items and characters from the cartoon in 2021. The Wild Beyond the Witchlight campaign book, which released the same year, contains several references to the show throughout its Fae-themed adventures. When Dragons of Stormwreck Isle was announced during a recent livestream, keen-eyed players noticed characters in the artwork that reminded them of Hank the Fighter and Diana the Acrobat. 
Wizards of the Coast later clarified that while the artwork and designs were inspired by the old animated show, none of those characters would make a reappearance in the upcoming starter set. But with WizKids' upcoming models, enterprising groups can easily create their own continuing adventures of the 80s cartoon, which has now received two unofficial endings thanks to a Brazilian auto-commercial and the diligent work of fans to animate previously unreleased audio. The X-Men are making their entrance to Marvel Champions the card game in its next expansion, Mutant Genesis. Featuring the first playable characters from the X-Men comic book series, Mutant Genesis is an upcoming board game expansion for Marvel Champions that will have players fighting against one of the most iconic supervillains out there, Magneto. A campaign expansion for the living card game, Mutant Genesis is themed around the beloved X-Men, a team of heroes whose mutant powers allow them to perform incredible feats. One of the playable characters found in Mutant Genesis is Peter Rasputin, otherwise known as Colossus, a mutant who's able to transform his skin into organic steel. Having appeared in multiple adaptations of the X-Men comic books, including the spin-off movie series Deadpool, Colossus is originally from Russia and aspires to be a painter in his downtime. As his alter ego, Pyotr Rasputin, Colossus allows players to find and acquire the organic steel card from their deck, which then grants him extra toughness to withstand enemy attacks. As his hero form, Colossus is able to have an additional tough status card in play working well with his organic steel, which the player can then use to combo with many of Colossus's other cards such as Made of Rage, which boosts an attack, or the stunning Steel Fist. The other playable mutant included in Mutant Genesis is Kitty Pride, whose hero form is Shadowcat. Having previously been featured in both the X-Men The Last Stand and X-Men Days of Future Past, Kitty Pride is able to phase through solid matter. As her alter ego form, Kitty is able to activate and deactivate their mass form upgrade card, choosing to either make extra resources for events or take no damage from attacking enemies, switching to solid form whenever she attacks when phased. Shadowcat's hero ability plays alongside her phasing, allowing her to ignore guards and patrol keywords, as well as crisis icons, which allows her to avoid negative effects from enemies. Cards like Shadowcat Surprise also give her the opportunity to phase before attacking, thereby allowing her to ignore guard and deal more damage. Players will be joined by various allies from the X-Men such as Professor X, who gives players the option to confuse a villain, stun a minion or ready an X-Men character, and Wolverine himself, whose attacks are able to pierce through enemy defences and can heal playable characters every turn. The players will need to harness everything in their arsenal to take down enemies such as Sabretooth, the Sentinels, and eventually Magneto himself, who is joined by an army of mutants from Pyro to Toad. Mutant Genesis is set to be released on September the 30th at a retail price of £36 or $45, with a series of six additional X-Men hero packs set to follow, including one for Cyclops and Phoenix that will launch alongside Mutant Genesis. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding now. And first up is Arcs by Leader Games, which is available on Kickstarter. It's for three to four players, takes 60 to 120 minutes to complete. It's for ages 14 years and over, and it ends on Tuesday, June the 14th. 
Ark is a fast-playing science fiction-based game from Carl Whirl, Carl Ferrin, and the award-winning team that brought you Root and Oath. The game opens in the final days of a decaying empire. A fearsome blight has overwhelmed the outer systems. As the last imperial regents, players must balance their duty to an ancient order against their own ambitions. Will you find opportunity in this crisis? Building on the conventions of trick-taking games, Arx emphasises both careful planning and daring gambits. Each round, the lead player sets the agenda by playing a card. Other players can follow it by playing a card of the same suit and higher number, copy it by playing any card face down, or pivot to a new tactic by playing off suit. Following suit maximises your actions and might make you the lead player, but copying and pivoting let you respond to immediate opportunities and threats. And if you truly need to become the lead player no matter what, you can always discard a second card to seize the initiative. Battles in arcs are resolved in a snap with a beautiful set of custom dice. To start, the attacker builds a battle plan by collecting dice of their choice that represent three different strategies bombarding, assaulting and raiding, then they simply roll and resolve the die faces. By adding the Blighted Reach campaign expansion, you can also play arcs in an innovative micro-campaign, where each game is one episode in an epic trilogy that stretches across an even larger galaxy. Everyone begins as petty regents in a dying empire, but your fates quickly diverge. The campaign contains 24 fate seeds, each with tons of branches, twists and turns. Uncover lost knowledge, guide your people to a new home, or forge a galactic confederation. As you complete objectives and make critical decisions, the campaign grows and changes. If you destroy a world, its refugees might flood the galaxy in your next game. If you find your society driven to a state of collapse, you can even abandon your homeworld and play the next game, operating out of a lone flagship. Each game in the campaign takes less than two hours to play. You can sit down for a single skirmish and then pick up for another day, or settle in for an epic three-act saga. Just make sure to stretch and drink some water between games. And the opening pledge is for £48 or $60, which will get you the base ARCS game, plus the More to Explore pack. Get ARCS, the More to Explore pack, and the mentioned Blighted Reach campaign pack for £80 or $100, or go all in for £119 or $150 for the game, the More to Explore pack, Blighted Reach campaign, and the collection of coloured washed miniatures that will replace all the wooden components. And next up on Kickstarter as well is Bark Avenue by Terry Dice Games. It's for one to five players. It's going to take 15 minutes per player. It's for ages 12 years and over, and it ends on Wednesday, June the 15th. Bark Avenue is a competitive route optimization pickup and deliver game centered around a day in the life of a dog walker in Upper Manhattan. Players balance walking several dogs at once with competing needs, including walk length, preferred activities, bathroom breaks, and compatibility with the other dogs. You'll be challenged with solving the puzzle of returning dogs on time and determining which dogs to walk next. In between walks, use public transport to your advantage to position yourself for the best walks. 
As you progress in your dog walking career, your good ratings will unlock new abilities, such as walking more dogs simultaneously, going off leash at the dog park and taking more end of turn actions, including pickups and activities like visiting pet shops. Be wary of returning dogs late because you could lose out on most of the pay. At 45 minutes to an hour, this Gateway Plus game is targeted at all players and pulls in dog lovers, providing fun for new gamers and critical thinking and optimization problems for seasoned ones. Pledge at just £39 or $49 for the Kickstarter edition of the game, which comes with a Kickstarter exclusive upgraded components. And you heard Jason and I talk to Tom a few weeks ago with Amulet of Thayrax by Trolls and Rerolls and artwork by Vincent Vice. It's available on Kickstarter in the next day or so and is for two to six players. It takes 30 to 90 minutes to complete. It's for 14 years and over and it ends on 30th of June. Amulet of Thayrax is a competitive card-driven area control board game for two to six players designed by Tom Truman and published by Trolls and Rerolls. You are eccentric cults rampaging through the dystopian fantasy city of Bleak Pyre, harvesting the souls of decadent nobles and selfish peasants with every outrageous tool at your disposal. Battling to win the powerful Amulet of Thayrax, you use a combination of murder and counter cards to reap souls or points from the city. To claim the amulet, you'll need to bring all your most devious tactics to the party. Spend souls to swoop from district to district. Tip the scales with a variety of corrupt, monstrous and messy inconveniences. Hijack your opponent's best laid plans to feed your own soul engine. And manipulate the amulet's power to unleash your biggest and baddest combos on your unsuspecting rivals. When the final bell chimes, the winner is the cult that has beaten and hoodwinked the most souls out of Bleak Pyre. If you're looking for a fun, accessible game that also provides a layer of tactical challenge for seasoned gamers, then we think you'll love killing time with Amulet of Thyrax. And if you are at UK Games Expo, then the designer Tom will be demoing the game in Hall 2 Stand 449. And pledge levels. Pledge at the Cultist Pledge. £41, that comes with a base game and all unlocked stretch goals. The Fanatic Pledge is at £53 and comes with the above, plus a hidden objectives deck, additional tokens with special rules, additional stylized storage boxes for the nobles and peasants, and a digital art book, The Art of Thayrax. And lastly is the Noble Pledge, and that's £200. It's limited to six backers, so you better get in early, but you can be in the game as a cult's indebted noble. Plus you'll get a digital framed painting version with their name and requested title on the plaque. And you should head on over to the campaign FAQ for more details on that. And we're heading on over to events, and if we haven't mentioned it enough, UK Games Expo is this weekend, June 3rd to the 5th and we have plenty of good friends from the podcast up there displaying their wares. So I'd firstly like to mention those to look out for if you are in attendance this weekend. Firstly, as I just mentioned, Tom and his company, Troll and Rerolls, will be demoing his game, Amulet of Thayrax, over in Hall 2, Stand 449. 
Our good friends Laurie, Ree and Rob from Stop, Drop and Roll Studios have their first release, Pugs and Mugs, for purchase, along with their Kickstarter success, Earth Rising, 20 years to transform our world, as well as demoing their upcoming game, Hedge Hopping Hooligans. They'll be over in Hall 2, Stand 441. But last, by no means the least, is Jess and Mill at Descent Games, with their games Library Labyrinth, which had a recent Kickstarter success, together with Jess's first game, Disable the Base. Alongside the games, they have roll and colour gaming greeting cards and notepads for sale, alongside copies of the great game, Disarm the Base. Again, they're over in Hall 2, Stand 482. Remember to spread the love and tell them that the Meeple Minded sent you. You may even bump into us as we're having a game. Other than that, Tuesdays is Worthing Board Gamers, first night of the week, down at Dice Worthing store from 7pm until 10pm. Just £3 cover charge and that's at 24 to 26 Portland Road, Worthing, BN111QN. Wednesdays has Crawley Gaming Community, being hosted at the Comic Shop, 42 High Street, Crawley, RH10, 1BW, tending to gather from 6-ish onwards until close and just £3 for the evening. Thursdays, Worthing Board Gamers, roll the dice again down at the Ardington Hotel, Steam Gardens, Worthing, BN11, 3DZ, from 7pm. Dave and Lewis Board Game Club would love to welcome you to the Trinity Gaming Cafe, Arbinger Place, Lewis, BN7, 2QA, from 7pm through to 11pm, and again that's on Thursday. And the last Thursday group is Jake and Chris, who have their Thursday evening social at Dyson Drinks, 79 to 81 Church Walk, Burgess Hill, RH159BQ. Entry there is just £5 for the evening. This Monday, we'll see Crawley Gaming Club taking a week's hiatus after our UKGE weekend bender, but stay posted to the socials in case that changes. Right, Brian, so now we can get properly excited. So hang on, slow up. You know what happens when you get too excited? What do you mean it's too late? Go and get changed again. Hang on, before you do, say goodbye to everyone. And it's a goodbye from me. Hopefully, we will see some of you in Birmingham this week. If you see us, say hello. We'll have meeple-minded shirts on. Other than that, keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling. And I'm not sure what's happening next week yet. So we'll play it by ear and keep glued to the socials for more information. Thank you very much for that, Paul. And thank you guys for joining us once again for another Game Highlight episode. This one was all about dice manipulation and curing people. I mean, James, I really wanted to make an unethical <laughs> hospital here and it just didn't work. There's, it's it's very difficult to actually just kill all them dice and get a negative score in this. How do you feel the episode went? Did it, was it a was it all right one? Yeah, I think it was, this was a good one, Jason. Nice yeah. and easy. Yeah, yeah, nice and easy. We managed to get a fair bit of time out of this episode because there is it's an interesting game because there's so many you know mechanics at play at the same time. Yeah, you know, you've got the drafting, you've got your dice manipulation, then you've got your your upgrading and, and all of that and, kind of and stuff. Worker and, placement. And worker placement is like so much fun, but I just I think I wanted a bit more. Mm. I think I personally wanted a bit more and I can't lie that quality control issue on the retail versions. I I, mm. I I've always loved 
hospital theme and mm. hospital building. I would love, I don't know, don't ask, I'm not a game designer, I'm not, wouldn't know the first thing. I'd like to see a heavyweight mm. hospital builder. Yeah, yeah, a hospital management game, that, yeah. that kind of thing, yeah. That would be very interesting. I mean, again, you're, you're bordering on risky territory. With something like that, you're going to want the more serious theme. Yeah. And then you really run the risk of, you know, stepping on the wrong toes, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is something is, that I mean, we could yeah, the hospital, the hospital theme is always controversial. Again, one of my, going back to the computer, one of my favourite games is Project Hospital, mm. where they did decide to go with the realistic... Yeah, theme yeah. rather than the cartoony and the jokey ailments yeah. and all that kind of stuff. They actually went for a, a real theme. Yeah, and yeah, there was constant requests for certain features, and then the game developers basically going, mm, "Yeah, yeah." And I get, I get the argument. It's really interesting reading the forums and reading the arguments and seeing both sides of it. Yeah. You know, the developers saying we're not sure we want to put that in because. It could upset too many it people. It could upset too many people. And then the counter arguments being, well, hang on a minute. The you know, one, you've gone for the realistic aspect. So how does this condition warrant yeah. more thing than this? And not only that, but surely the doctors and nurses who work in those departments in real life deserve a bit of recognition yeah, exactly. for yeah. what they do, because there is an educational purpose to it yeah. as well. If you've gone for the real the realism. Yeah. And they have done their research, you know. I think that's the key thing. If you if you don't want to step on too many toes, just make sure you do your research and, you know, don't gnaws it up, I, yeah. s- I suppose, is the is the easiest way to put it. But yeah. Um Dice Hospital, great little game. I, I would definitely play it again. Is it gonna be a collection keeper for the rest of my life? Who knows? It's not on the for sale pile right now, but with the impending delivery in the next couple of weeks of Dice Theme Park, it could well be. I am really looking forward to playing that game though, James. Mm. There's some really good mechanics at play in that one as well. But other than that, should we uh, should we crack a game out and uh, turn these mics off and have some fun? Let's do it. Awesome stuff. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Till next week, my name has been Jason. And I'm James. And you've been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast. Join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta, goodbye.